Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. All right, everybody, we continue all the way till 3 o'clock. It's always uh, fun when we have a chance to chat with Bill Bender. Uh, He comes to us on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Billy, good afternoon to you, pal. Hey, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Uh, It's always a good day when you uh, take time to be on the show with us. Um, Let's start first. What did you gleam out of the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky. Are you ready to put him in the Bears Hall of Fame right now? <laughs> no, I'm a Packers fan, so so of course I not. know, that's why I'm asking you that. I know that. That's why I asked you that. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, no, but impressive. I mean, he was one of many rookies. I mean, Deshaun was pretty good, and um, Mahomes, you know, decent, moved up to the second team, and uh, Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland, so... I think Trubisky will start at some point this year, but that's an awful lot of money to pay Mike Glennon and not, you know, let it try to play out a little bit. It is. It's one of those things that you go through and you look at it and wonder. It's one of those things where you get a chance to see guys that just get out of college and then see how quickly they can assimilate to the National Football League. Um I was just kind of surprised with the rookie quarterback crop and how well they, uh, you know, showed. Uh, it, it's um, it was amazing to me because that just doesn't happen that often. Yeah, you know, and I, I know a guy like Trubisky, not a lot of college experience. With a guy like Watson, not totally surprised. I mean, he's played so long, and and you know those kind of things. Mahomes has been in a quarterback friendly system. It is preseason. I mean, that's the one thing. I know people say it's just preseason on one end, and then the sun, there's the rest of us that maybe overreact a little bit. But I think the truth is somewhere in between. I mean, I always tell people it's better than playing really bad in the preseason. Right. No, you're, you're right <laughs> out on that one. It, it, it beats the other side. Hey, before we get into the college football, one more out there. Uh, we know you keep an eye on things with the Cleveland Browns out from your Ohio outpost. And, and the Browns, uh, the rebuild continues there. How are things in Cleveland? Are they uh, understanding that, yes, it's still going to be a long rebuild? Do people feel positive, at least, about the direction they're heading? I would, uh, at least on the defensive side. That's what I noticed in the in the game the other night. I mean, obviously, again, preseason and the three-way quarterback battle between Osweiler, Kessler, and Kaiser is going to have to play itself out, and Cleveland's not going to go anywhere until they have the right quarterback. But, I mean, Miles Garrett looked good. Their defense looked pretty good under Greg Williams. I think they're going to get after the passer a little bit. Um, going to be more aggressive. They're not just going to let teams kind of do what they want against them. And I think that's the start of it. When you have a franchise-type player like Miles Garrett, that's a reason for optimism. So, I mean, still a 3-4, maybe 5-win team this year, but better days are ahead. Do you think, though, that they will let Hugh Hollins continue to coach? I mean, uh... that's a big yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that's a big question. Is Hugh Jackson going to be around? You get all these draft picks. They drafted all these guys the last few years, but will he be around to it? And I would urge them to do that because continuity helps. You can't just have as many coaches and quarterbacks as they've had without giving some of these guys a chance. And I think if they, they – I, I, I said this when they hired Hugh Jackson. I think he's a little bit different than the rest of the ones they've hired. I like him, but he's going to need a couple – you can't just – 
rebuild something that's constantly been been rebuilt since 1999. So we make the transition from the NFL over to your expertise, and that is college football, Bill. And as we go through and look, uh, no surprise, we were waiting for this one to happen. Some people believe that Alabama might not be the best in the West this year, that it could be Auburn. Uh, officially comes down that Jared Stidham will be the starting quarterback, something we all knew, but it becomes official via Twitter today. Take us uh, to the SEC West and the teams trying to catch up to Alabama. How close is Auburn? I think they're the one team I would say could beat Alabama. Not saying will, but you know what I mean, could. Yeah. Uh, they have a team because of Stidham, I think, you know, that con- confidence in him, if they can get the vertical passing game going, they've got guys that can run the football. They're going to be really good in the running game. I think the big question is, you know, I, everything has to align during the regular season, but, but Trent, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't see any other team in the SEC in a scenario where they have to beat Alabama in a meaningful game, whether it's for the division or the SEC championship, other than Auburn because it's at home. And, and you know, if Stidham works out, they're going to be pretty good. Having a conversation with Bill Bender on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Billy, if it's if it's not Alabama, we all we all know that it's Ohio State, uh, maybe USC, maybe Washington, maybe Clemson again, maybe even Florida State. Is is this maybe the first time that we have had? I'd say six to eight teams that all could be a championship team. Is is Am I reading that right? I had ten. I did an article and I said there are ten that can actually win it, and that's probably a okay. little high um, because you guys could probably poke holes in Washington or Michigan or even Clemson with the quarterback questions. But I put ten teams out there. I know it is Alabama right now, but I, you know you can make a case for any other of those teams that I have out there. Um, but everybody has a big question mark. Like Ohio State's big question mark is how's this thing going to work with Kevin Wilson? You know, is JT Barrett going to be better? Um, they do have a lot of talent, but a lot of talent doesn't always win championships. I mean, Florida State has to play Alabama. USC, there's a ton of hype around them. You, you guys and I have discussed that all summer. I mean, can you live up to that? So that's what makes it exciting to me. It, it is Alabama and everybody else, but there are other teams that can actually – like last year I felt like when we were here at this time last year – I just was in auto-focus mode where it was Alabama was going to win it and nobody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the part that you bring up, you, you have 10 teams listed uh, that could win the national championship this year. There's more opportunity now with the four-team playoff, more chances to get in. But I think the pool has shrunk because you have to win those two games. Not only do you have to win your conference championship, unless you're Ohio State, to get into the college football playoff, but then you have to win two more games on top of it to win that thing. That's why I think that number is so small, and and it might just be three, four, five teams that could do it, not get in, but to win those two games necessary to win the whole title. You win those two games, and you can't lose two games in the regular season. Those are the two big rules. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think we're at that phase in college football that you kind of get a mulligan. You know, if you lose, remember that weekend that Ohio, Ohio, Iowa beat Michigan, um, USC beat Washington and Pitt beat Clemson. It was all of those teams' first loss, but they still, I mean, Clemson still got in the playoff, and Washington still got in the playoff. And, and Michigan was basically six inches from beating Ohio State going on. I think they would have beat Wisconsin and getting in the playoff. So 
you do get a mulligan in the regular season, but I think that's the number one rule for all these projections and all those things we do. I just tell people, hey, don't lose two games, and you'll be in good shape. It all, I always find it interesting where the conversation comes up after somebody loses a close game. And, and somebody, a, a big-name school, is going to win a close game. And, and somebody is going to lose that close game. And when they do, they say, well, Bill, it's always better to lose that game early rather than late. Can you explain to, I guess, myself and the listeners why everybody says that, where one loss is one loss? No, I don't think it matters. I mean, ask Penn State. They lost to Pitt early. And then, they, you know, Oklahoma lost to Ohio State early, and they didn't get in. I think, I, I still think it comes down to don't lose two over whenever you lose it. I mean, you can look at Michigan. They were undefeated. They lose to Iowa. They lose to Florida State. They lose to Ohio State. They lose three games by five points. And now, instead of, you know, instead that's the difference in the narrative of Jim Harbaugh the greatest coach in college football versus is he on like a hot seat of sorts, which is a – faulty narrative i think this year with with michigan but you know i i think i guess i don't look at the close games as much as anybody else remember clemson should have lost to nc state last year but they didn't i mean they won the game that's all that matters bill bender joining us from the sporting news on the draft house 50 hotline bill uh want to jump over to notre dame as we look at the fighting irish today mike tarico announced that he is taking over the play-by-play duties in a full-time basis for Notre Dame football, but uh, a year on the field with Brian Kelly certainly squarely on the hot seat. Uh, a disappointing season, a repeat of last year's 4-8. and eight. Uh, He's going to be looking for employment somewhere else. When you look at this Notre Dame team, just an overview of the Irish. Yeah, I think they'll be better. I, I like what Winbush did in the spring game. I think their offense is going to be explosive. Huge receivers, good tight ends, going to score a lot of points, but you know, to reestablish Notre Dame, I think they just got to win big games at home. And I think that starts with Mike Tirico calling it, which is pretty cool, against Georgia early in the season. You know, win that game and then go from there. Get back to eight, nine wins. I don't know if they're playoff caliber this year, but I do think they are seven, eight, nine win good. And depending on whatever the perception of those wins and losses are, like you can win nine games and lose the USC by 40, and it might not matter. Mm-hmm. So. I think they'll get. I think they're going to do enough to keep Kelly around, and then they'll be kind of one of those teams that I'm looking at going into 2018, opening with Michigan. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. When you talk about teams that will be on top, and then teams that you think was are going to slide, let me just run through a conference, and you tell me which one is going to slide. Let's start first with the SEC. Which team in the SEC do you think was scheduled to be a top competing team but will slide? I think Florida probably. The the bad news started yesterday. Um, I don't know if they'll get back to the Atlanta, you know, and get win the SEC East again. And you know, with losing all those players, I think on one hand it's you know maybe Michigan will be too overconfident. But I don't I don't see the Wolverines losing that game now. And I think. Things could go from bad to worse with Florida in some ways. All right, let's go then to the ACC. Who's going to slide there? Clemson, Florida State, somebody else? Well, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I think NC State's been given a little too much preseason love, but but they'll be about where they're at. I think there was one team out of those 
playoff contending teams that might slide. It might be Clemson. I might regret saying that because I trust Dabo. I trust the program. But I like Florida State a little bit better, and I don't like the fact that Clemson has Auburn and, and Louisville right out of the chute with a new quarterback. All right, now to the Big Ten. And we talked a little bit about that with Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Who's going to slide? Out of those three? No, just out of the Big Ten. Yeah, I I get the whole conference. I I would say, you know, Trent and I talked a little bit about Wisconsin last week. Mm -hmm. Now, with Sitchie out, that's tough. And, you know, I don't know that they'll slide. I don't know that Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State will slide necessarily. Michigan would be the one, because of the youth, that I'd probably be the most hesitant to say can win it all. But I was arguing with somebody last week. If you said, who's going to go to the playoff, Michigan or Wisconsin, who would you give a better chance to? I actually would give a better chance to Michigan because I think if they're actually in that conversation, I would take them over Wisconsin and Indianapolis. And the other part of that one, Bill, is I think if there is an opportunity for a two-loss team and the Big Ten champion has two losses, be it Michigan – They'd have a better chance at eleven and two as opposed to Wisconsin at eleven and two of getting in. Absolutely, yeah, because of that benefit of the doubt and all those mm-hmm. things that come with playing in the Big Ten East. You're exactly right. So, you know, I would say those are two teams. I don't know if anybody after the ten of the playoff contenders is necessarily going to slide. Other than I'm watching Nebraska real closely because I think it's a big year for Mike Riley in terms mm-hmm. of they got to go out and win some big games in the Big Ten. Okay, then let's go to the Big 12. Everything, everybody's pretty well sold on Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Um, but is there somebody else who could be lurking and then maybe one of those three teams slides? Uh, probably Kansas State would be the one I'd put the least stock in. I really want to say Texas. I, I don't know what to expect out of Texas. I think they will be better under Herman. I'm not so sure they'll be ready to win the Big 12 yet. And I really like West Virginia with Will Greer. So, but as that conference goes, I mean, it's so hot and cold. All of those teams have, whether it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, West Virginia, or Texas, I think all five of those teams got a pretty good quarterback. But I don't know mm-hmm. if that one quarterback can beat the rest of them, other than maybe Baker Mayfield because he's done it. So that's fun conference to watch. But, I, I mean, that's a long-winded way of saying I think Kansas State would slide and kind of like West Virginia more than, than most with Will Greer. Okay, and then the last one to be the uh, the Pac-12. What do you got there? Washington's got a tough schedule, so I'd keep an eye on them just because it's not going to be easy to repeat in the Pac-12 North. Um, I think USC will be fine, and Utah's kind of a sleeper. So I'd say Washington, just because it's an easy answer to say they can't, they might not win the Pac-12 again. And I'd keep an eye on Stanford in terms of the team that could because I think – you know, they've got the running game, they've got the quarterback, and David Schultz pretty much good for 10 wins. You know, when we're all talking about Washington and USC in this mega matchup, it could be a USC-Stanford rematch. Mm, that'd be certainly interesting to see Bill Bender with the Sporting News with us here on the Draft House 50 Hotline as we go around college football. So, you know, we talked about the key changes. Oh, sorry about that, my bad. So, uh, <laughs> hit the wrong button. So, uh, we, we talked about the injury Wisconsin. Who's the team most poised to take over in the West? Is it the Hawkeyes here in Iowa? Is it Northwestern? I like them as a dark horse out West. Is it the Gophers? Or is it our neighbors to the West? If it is a Wisconsin faltering here, who's the team most primed to take that jump forward in your estimation? Well, Iowa or Northwestern. I mean, that's an, I can't. it's hard to pick one. I would probably lean toward picking Northwestern. I think they're a little bit of a 
interesting sleeper because of the experience of quarterback and running back in along the offensive line. But, you know, I always got two good running backs. So, you know, if they, they're not going to change the way they do things and duel, duel on defense, they're pretty good. And I know, I'll put it to you this way, I, I know Iowa-Wisconsin will be a one-score game either way, you know, like one of those 24-17 type games. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect when Northwestern plays Wisconsin. Like, Wisconsin could beat them by three scores or Northwestern could win that game by 14. I don't think it'll be close, and that's why I say it. Maybe, it maybe my answer is probably going to be Iowa just because it's a safe answer. Hmm. Interesting that you would do that. Even, even with Iowa still trying to figure out their quarterback situation, even though it appears Nathan Stanley now has uh, elevated himself into that number one spot. Yeah, well, I mean, just it's just from years of knowing what that game's like. It's a fist fight. One or two plays typically makes a difference. I know that they're not all one-score games, but, you know, Northwestern's one of those teams that they could go 11-1 and one or 10-2, and two, or they could just as easily go 7-5. and five. They're really hard to figure out because it's the same team that had a rough start the last season. Um, you know, more experience, obviously, but I think we might be putting a little bit too much stock in a pinstripe bull victory against Pitt when this team was very inconsistent last year. So I still think Iowa probably. Um, Minnesota will be an interesting team to watch, obviously, with Fleck. But I don't think, again, they're kind of like, I don't think they're ready for the big time quite yet. Final thing for me here as we're talking with Bill Bender, uh, the group of five. Uh, group of five team will get into the Access Bowls once again this year. Seems like South Florida's kind of been that buzz-type team throughout the off season. You like South Florida, and if it's not them, give us another name you're keeping an eye on to make it into one of the big bowls. I'll give you a couple. I mean, yeah, I mean, South Florida is obviously our pick with Flowers and Charlie Strong and in a good conference, and they're going to be pretty good. Um, you know, Boise State's an obvious mm-hmm. answer that you just kind of auto-fill them in. They're going to be good with Rippin too. And then the two outside of that that I like, I was like, I guess in the Sun Belt, App State keeps doing what they're doing. Um seamless transition to the FBS. Really good program, good quarterback, Taylor Lamb, good running back, Jalen Moore. And it'd be interesting to see what they do against Georgia. And then Toledo up here in Mac country. I mean, nation's leader in touchdown passes. I've got a feature about him running later this week. Kills me to say that because I'm a Mac grad of OU, but uh, I think Toledo's going to be really good. Whatever happened to OU anyway? Can you get them going here, Bill? I mean, come on, you got to fire them up a little bit. Hey, they, they played for the Mac East. They won the Mac East last year, and I think they'll win the Mac East again. You know, but when when you graduate from a school that, that hasn't won a Mac championship since 1968, you're just you're just waiting yeah. for that first one in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Good That's stuff, great. Bill. Good talking to you once again. Enjoy the off season. Your uh, off season days are dwindling down. What do you have coming up next over at the Sporting News? Yeah, like I said, we have a feature with Logan Woodside, and then uh, talking to you about this before it came on. Uh, Later this week, we'll have like the best case, worst case for every top 25 team. So maybe next week, you, you guys and I, we can wrestle through that. That sounds like a plan to us, pal. Thank you, man. Always good to catch up with you. Have a good day, man. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you. Billy Bender, always fun when he's on Sporting News on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Trent, it's always good when we chat with him because we can go in so many different directions with him. Yeah, group of five, doesn't matter. He is always ready to go. Bill Bender with the Sporting News. And give him a follow on Twitter as well, at BillBender92, part of the Sporting News. Well, Jimmy B., we're going to let you roll. I had a chance uh, earlier today to talk with Kevin Lehman. He was in Des Moines, so 
I said, well, we got to talk a little bit after we talked about some nuts and bolts things. We got to talk some hoops. That sounds like a great time. I'll be listening, pal, as we continue right here on the Big Talker 1700. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with a newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. Do you see cracks in your foundation, brick, or drywall, or doors and windows that stick? These are all signs of serious settlement issues. Call Midwest Basement Systems for all things basementy. Basement waterproofing, basement structural repair, foundation settlement repair, and wall straightening and bracing too. Our engineered solutions will stabilize and lift your home back to level, putting you back on solid ground. Call Midwest Basement Systems today. Midwest Basement Systems got the fix call 289-1606. It doesn't get much better than a great day on the golf course. Family-owned River Valley Golf Course is a par 72, 18-hole public golf course along the beautiful Raccoon River Valley. With twilight specials every day after 4 p.m., frequent player programs, a clubhouse available for parties, and much more. River Valley is just minutes west of the Des Moines-Waukee area. Learn more at rivervalleygolf.com. That's rivervalleygolf.com. River Valley, your golf course. For me... It was the big S class from the 90s. Beautiful. My friend's dad had one. The SL. All of the SLs. I've been watching those since I was a kid. I think the 1971 SE was the first Mercedes that just blew me away. Everyone wants the original, the authentic. And with a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz, you can experience the iconic luxury, unparalleled safety, and performance of Mercedes-Benz at a price you can afford. But just remember, only your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer has the skilled technicians to certify that your pre-owned vehicle is up to Mercedes-Benz standards. And only your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer offers an unlimited mileage warranty, so you can drive with confidence as far as you'd like for up to five years. There are pre-owned vehicles, and then there are Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned vehicles. Visit the certified pre-owned sales event going on now through August 31st and receive two years of complimentary prepaid maintenance and special financing available through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. Only at your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on certified pre-owned warranties. Guys don't really talk about antiperspirant. Despite that, 91% of Dove Men Plus Care users recommend it. Here's what they said. It blocks the, you know, perspiration, I think is the fancy word. It's comfortable. Uh... <laughs> it smells nice. My girl likes the smell. Well, it's, it, uh, I don't, uh, it's hard. I think it's quite masculine. Uh, my underarms aren't the worst thing at the gym. It's kind of like the Hoover Dam from my armpits, I guess. Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant. Tough on sweat, not on skin. Kate here with Food Dudes Delivery. Are you tired of the same old delivery options? Well, Food Dudes Delivery can solve that problem for you. We deliver for restaurants that don't do delivery. Order through us at fooddudesdelivery.com. Food Dudes Delivery offers commercial and residential delivery service along with the option to pre-order. Our delivery rate is always a flat fee. So whether you're ordering $15 for yourself or $300 for a party, it's going to be the same flat fee. We deliver all throughout the metro area, always keeping your food hot and fresh. 
Food Dudes Delivery has a vast range of food options for you to choose from. So place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we don't just show up with a dumpster and trailer in your driveway. We arrive with a business card in hand, ready to take care of your home. Whether it's a simple roof repair, a complete re-roofing project, or a new construction project, Wolf Construction can handle the job. Call Wolf Construction at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. We're a roofing machine. It's that time of the year again. Football is right around the corner. Draft House 50, best spot in Central Iowa to catch your Cyclones, Hawkeyes, and every NFL game. Over 50 TVs, 50 beers on tap, and the best burgers in town. Draft House 50, your place for all things sports. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. All right, welcome back, Jimmy B and TC, and joined right now by a special guest who, for the first time ever, is joining me in studio. He's Kevin Lehman. Kevin, good to see you. It's great to be here, Trey. Sit in the hot seat. I'm actually in Jimmy B's seat. You are. You are. I had to like pump it down a little bit because it was sitting so high, kind of like a children's high chair. Yes, yeah. We sometimes we have to get him a booster seat over there so he can get up to the microphone. If he's standing, sometimes he's okay on his tiptoes. I can't be on him too hard here because he'll be in here a second. He will be. He'll be hollered at you. He'll be hollered at you. But Kevin, uh, why don't talk some hoops with you today? You of course uh, call games on. ESPN, we see all over the place, a lot of MVC games and sprinkled throughout the country. want to start, though, with the Hawkeyes. You're an Eastern Iowa guy. You know Iowa very well. Saw them a lot during the PTL, and uh, they're playing over in Europe, in fact, playing today also. But I guess the story and kind of the story of the PTL was the two freshmen, 
Nunji, and Garza, and now it's been Luca Garza. He's been just absolutely ridiculous, his play over there. Well, he's putting up video numbers in their trip in Europe, and when you watch Luca Garza play, the first thing that jumps out at me is he has such great hands, and he is what you call a relentless rebounder on the offensive and defensive glass, and he can tip the ball to himself. He's got really a long reach. His ability to score around the rim is just outstanding. I thought Jack Nunji mm-hmm. would be scoring really well. He struggled a little bit to shoot it on this trip, but Garza is just tearing him up, and he's outrunning people down the court too, Trent. And you know, you always tell your bigs, if you can get three or four baskets just by outrunning the opposition, that's a great start. Well, you look at Garza, he's not going to wow you with athleticism. He's not an elite level athlete. Good, solid. In terms of athleticism, you know, people look at a guy like Jared Reiner. Would that be a fair comparison movement wise up and down the floor? Reiner can move pretty well for a big guy. He was 7'1, Garza 6'11, so a little bit of difference there, but still two big guys. But looks certainly more athletic than Woodbury. I think Woodbury, because people looked at uh, the, the dunks and said, oh, the guy can't even dunk that. He was more athletic than he was given credit for, but Garza probably more athletic than that one, maybe in the range of Reiner. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, a little smoother than Reiner, I okay. would say. That he, he, and you make a great point, Trent, because when I watch him, too, he's not a great runner from end to end as far as his strides, mm-hmm. but he gets out of the block so quick. He doesn't waste any time, and we used to say, you know, the floor slanted a little bit to the offensive end. He yeah. runs downhill a lot faster, so he sprints to the front of the rim, and when your five-man does that, it puts so much pressure on the defense because they have to cover that rim. Then you run guys like Isaiah Moss to the three-point line, mm-hmm. or she got Jordan Mohan can really distribute. So that really spreads the court. It all starts with the ability of your five-man to run. So, you know, I've been impressed, and I said with your show before, I'm not so sure I would start Luca Garza because you worry about those freshmen hitting the wall in the sure. Big Ten. But, boy, the way this guy's putting up numbers over there, and I watched him practice the Wednesday before they left. He yeah. was just as impressive in there. And in those practices, he's going against Wagner and Tyler Cook, some other bigs. Creener, another guy like Ryan Creener. Mm-hmm. But Garza even stood out in that practice with his great effort and just outstanding mitts, left and right hand. So you mentioned Nunji. Struggled to shoot in the PTL, though he was named MVP, but of good numbers. Not great shooting from the three-point line. Same thing over there. Any concerns about that at all for an incoming freshman, a big guy that has shown an ability certainly to shoot it from the outside? Any concerns about that that maybe he falls in love a little bit too much with a three-pointer? Well, I don't know about that. When I saw, you know, the, the PTL is a little bit hard to judge a player like him because at 6'11", can put in the floor. There's not much secondary line of defense. Sure. So he got to the rim. If he had a mismatch, he's smart enough to post up. And I, that's what I liked about uh, Jack Nunji. The chess piece, you can move all over the court. You know, he could actually play some two if you need him to, but he's a natural 3-4 with great length. I think Kirk Spraw does the shooting coach for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. He's going to work with him, and the form looks good, Trent. Just a matter of probably repetition and tweaking a few things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it just becomes confidence. Right. You know, right. you got you start knocking him in, and then uh, you just feel better about it. So it might be part of it, too. But there's a lot of com- we talk about the competition oh, inside. Yes. There's some competition at that three four spot too mm-hmm. that uh, that Jack Nungy's going to battle. But boy, this is a talented. This is what I call an airport team. When the <laughs> Hawks walk through the airport, they look like a basketball team. They got length to them. Couple of guys. Speaking of confidence, uh, there's a guy out there that doesn't lack in confidence. That's Isaiah Moss. Now getting ready for his redshirt sophomore year, but there were times last year where he disappeared. You look at the box score and he started. 
after what fifth sixth game he, he got in the starting lineup but he'd play six eight minutes and he'd disappear they can't afford that this year with no Peter Jack with not the same kind of depth that they have certainly in the front court they need Isaiah Moss I, I put it this way for Iowa to take that next step from just being a team that makes the tournament, maybe wins a game and loses in a round of 32, to be a team that challenges for a Big Ten regular season title, to be a team that gets to the NCAA tournament, gets to the Sweet 16, I think Isaiah Moss is the most important piece for him to make that next step and, and be the most consistent guy you know, out there on the floor where you know he's going to shoot it, he can take it to the 10, he can finish at the rim, and then also remember he's got to play a little defense too. <laughs> yeah, that's always part of it, Trent. But I'll put a, in a, a 1B there too. Uh, uh, Isaiah Moss, and we'll go back to him, Trent. Those minutes for Peter Jock are all there for him. Yes. So that's also the maturation process for Moss. Now he's a redshirt junior. He's been around the program for a while. Confidence, as you talked about, he can say, hey, this is my spot to take. Right. But for them to do what you mentioned about going on and make a deep NCAA run, I think that point guard backup position is huge, too. Who's going to step forward there? Is going to be Brady Ellingson going to come up and back up Bohannon? Mm-hmm. Christian Williams surface in that area? I think that's an important part for the Hawkeyes because we know that front line, boy, a lot of choices yes. for Fran to use up there in different combinations. And I like the wing spot, too, because we haven't talked about Nicholas Bear either. Yes. That guy is solid as a rock on those wing spots. And Isaiah Moss, I saw him this summer in the primetime league. He looks the part. I mean, physically looks good. He's 6'5", 6'6", physical young man. And, you know, he was good last year in transition when Jock was running the three-point line. He was running that lane in transition. So look for him to be a little bit more of an outside scorer this year. He shot it well in this Europe trip. Yeah, yeah, he's shooting it well over there, shot it well in the PTL. And he's another guy, shot, I think, 37%, I want to say, last year from the three-point line. If he can stay there, because he had a couple of real hot games where he hit, I think, like four out of five, one game, three out of four. And then there are some other games where you see a one for six. Can't afford those. But for me, you mentioned the two backup spots. Brady Ellingson played it in a couple of crunch spots when Williams had a back injury. I think it was last year. So they didn't have anybody else. They had to turn to him. He was fine. He was adequate. But he's not a guy I think that you can count on playing 12 minutes at that backup spot as a point guard. Christian Williams is miscast as a point guard in my mind, but he has to play it. I love his defense. I love what he can do there. Can he be, not a pure point guard, but at least close to it and give them those 10 to 12 minutes of the backup spot? Because that's who I'd be putting my money on, is Williams over Ellingson. You know, I like Williams, uh, Christian Williams also. You could use him in this aspect. Let him guard the point guards, because mm-hmm. with that wingspan, he's so disruptive on the basketball and his ability to move laterally. And then you play him at the wing spot at the offensive end, where there's not so much pressure on him to make decisions and run your offense. But that kind of leads us back to what you talked about. You know, Ellingson doesn't turn the basketball over. Right. And when you run that motion offense, once you get it out of that point guard's hands, uh, it, you don't really need a point guard. And Bohannon is really good on those side pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. You need to get him in those positions some. But with the motion game, you know, once you get up the court, and with here's the great thing about what Fran McCaffrey does. Because all the guys he recruits can handle the basketball. Yeah. You don't necessarily need that point guard to break pressure because his fours and fives are also great ball handlers. Difficult to pressure a team that's got that many ball handlers on the court. Could, if you're playing, all right, you're you're doing that with Christian Williams and you have him defensively guarding that point guard using that wingspan that you talk about. Could you play him and Moss together and have for two, three minutes a half Moss run the show? Do you think, does Moss have that ability right now as as he's currently constructed, or is that maybe still a little bit of a stretch? I'd rather take Isaiah Moss 
and put him in a scorer's mentality mm-hmm. where you're going to run to the wing. Instead of worrying about the other things. Yeah. Yep. What they did with Peter Jock, mm-hmm. you're going to get down court in a hurry because we just talked about Luca Garza running to the rim and putting pressure on the defense. Now you need a guy to run down there into the, and spot up those corners. When you watched Iowa last year, they were so good in transition because of us. we talked about, the ability to space the court mm-hmm. with Jock. Because you had to find Peter Jock right now four feet behind the three-point line yeah. in transition, or he was going to drill it on you. Mm-hmm. That opened up those middle lanes. So I'd rather see Isaiah Moss. Hey, don't worry about being a point guard. You get down court, spot up, great confidence, knocking those three balls. That's the best way for that team to run in transition. And we know this Iowa team who led the Big Ten in scoring. Yeah. You're going to see it again this year. This may be a better running team because of what we talked about, Garza. And uh, I think Nunji is really intriguing. I like, I'm kind of excited to see how he's going to develop through this, out this season. Creener played very well in the PTL. You have Cordell Pemsel coming back. Of course, Tyler Cook, the most likely of an NBA player, at least out of the group as they're currently constructed. It is, that front court is absolutely loaded. How about after Nicholas Bear? You, you mentioned Nunji, maybe seen some minutes there at the three position. Who else can get minutes there? Is it Dom Ewell? Can Ahmad Wagner give him same kind of thing? Two, three minutes a half. He's not going to be able to shoot it a ton, though he tried in the PTL. Had one game where he went four to seven. They followed up a one to nine from three point range. I was all excited and then uh, one to nine after that. But but can those guys give you a few minutes each half, backing up Nicholas Bayer and playing that three position? Because I think at least Wagner defensively, he's athletic enough where he can guard a lot of threes you're going to see. Yeah, no question, but you're not going to guard Ahmad Wagner at the three-point line. <laughs> yeah. Now he, It was his trial at the primetime because yeah. he was launching the trifectas, <laughs> not with a lot of success. But here's what I love about Ahmad Wagner, and some people say, hey, he should go play football. He is an energy guy, mm-hmm. Trent, and you need an energy guy to come off the bench lift your team. We saw him do it last year when they get a little bit of lull. Mm-hmm. He'll, make, he'll get those back-to-back offensive rebounds, gives you back-to-back possessions, high-energy person. You know, not a great skilled player as far as scoring a basketball, right. but you got to have those guys that go in and get dirty and get give you back-to-back possessions. And we see it from Nicholas Bear. Those two guys are energy guys. They really help make your team. You know, look at all parts of a team that fit together. Those guys are important ingredients. And Wagner may only play five, six minutes a half, but those are going to be an important five or six minutes. Well, and you mentioned the energy that he brings, but it also seems like, at least from the outside, he is one of the leaders of the team. He, he's a guy that people listen to. He's a guy that's either clowning or maybe sometimes he'll be over there and he'll be hollering if need be. He's, he's that kind of leadership role where Bohannon, uh, he's confident. There's no doubt about it. You know, Bohannon's confident, but you don't see, at least you didn't last year as a freshman, see him out there pulling a guy aside if need be. You, you would hope that develops. But Wagner seems like that kind of guy that has the ear of everybody on the team. He has the infectious personality that you like on your team. And when you talk about your team dynamics, you know, you need guys like that that keep the locker room loose, mm-hmm. that lift guys up when they're having a tough day. And, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. Ahmad Wagner is one of those types of guys. And, and he backs it up with his energy because he doesn't pout about playing time. Sure. And when he hits the floor, he's given all-out effort. And that's great when you have a young team that you've got a kid like that that leads in that direction. And, you know, Bohannon, you talk about Bohannon, I mean, the guy, I, he's got some moxie. Yeah, yeah. Nothing bothers him, and he's not afraid of failure. He's not afraid of the big shot. And a lot of people are surprised about Bohannon. Even my brother the other day said, hey, can he do that again as a sophomore? I said, well, why wouldn't he? Sure. He proved as a freshman he's going to come back stronger with more confidence. I look for Bohan to have another really good year. Now, his numbers may not be as good because there's so many other people that can score on this team. Right. 
But uh, he's going to be your quarterback going to run this team. That'll be good. And the assist number, people talk about the scoring that he had at the end of the year and the big shot against Wisconsin and how he's burying threes out at Maryland. But the way he ran the team, and, and you look at Fran McCaffrey, when he has a point guard that he's confident in that can do the things that he asks, they're going to put up huge assist numbers, and you expect to see the same out of Bohannon this year. Well, Bohannon's a guy that he's like a great golfer. He doesn't worry about the last shot mm-hmm. or the last mistake he made. He's already He's always in the moment. He doesn't let that drag him down. You know, guys that missed that eight foot putt, yeah. they can't think about it. And you love to coach guys like that. They're in the moment. They're not worried about the last mistake they make. And that, to me, is what George Bohan is. And you know, he's got a great lineage from his dad and his brothers. Mm-hmm. This is the youngest of the Bohannon boys. He's so been beat up he, by the older ones. Well, and I'm, how many times do you think he had to sit out the driveway while, the, while Dad and the three brothers played two-on-two, and he's he just rebounding. he just got to watch it. Or maybe he was the all-time inbounder. So he's got a lot to prove. And in, in, in those uh, older brothers, it was a pecking order, I'm sure. And he got bounced around a little bit, so nothing bothers that young man. Connor McCaffrey. So we get the plan here about two months ago that he's going to redshirt in basketball, concentrate on baseball. He's over there. He's playing well in Europe. I still believe they do need a backup point guard. You said it's a very important position. Is this an open and shut case where we're not going to see Connor McCaffrey play basketball this year? Or is there still some wiggle room? And and a step further, something I brought up, what if there's a, a pretty big injury to Bohannon where he's out a couple of weeks? Now you're looking at it and you're saying, I guess Christian Williams is our starting point guard and we'll see what else. If that happens, you got to put Connor McCaffrey out there, don't you? Well, Trent, that's one thing about basketball, any sport. You see it in football also where you pull a red shirt off a guy because of injury. So if someone gets hurt, I mean, that's always an option. And when I was at Northern Iowa, we did it with Jason Daisy one year. Yeah. You know, Daisy ended up becoming MVP of the Valley. But I believe it was his freshman or sophomore year, he wanted a red shirt. We had some injuries, and we had to pull him out in December. He wasn't happy about it, but to help the team out, he did that for us. So when you talk about Connor McCaffrey – that's always a possibility, and it's a nice luxury for Fran to have mm-hmm. that if there is injuries and he needs, or maybe he's not getting any production out of that backup point guard, hey, we're going to take a look at him. But, you know, the plan was to let him get into baseball, Connor McCaffrey. He didn't travel with the Iowa baseball team who's playing the World University Games. Right. They're in uh, uh, Taipei mm-hmm. or on their way to Taipei, and that was to help him get acclimated academically to get a good start. Um, but he's – Connor McCaffrey's – yeah, coach's son, good academic kid, high IQ. Here's a guy that could handle that yeah. baseball, a two-sport guy. And they're, they're rare anymore. They used to be 30 years ago. You saw quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a rare occurrence in this day and age. You don't see much basketball, baseball in between either that happens anymore. And uh going to be fun to see. I'm, I'm not closing the book on that one. I'm still... I think there might be some wiggle room. You go, here's a name for you. Tommy Norman played for the Hawks. Oh, yeah? He played baseball for okay. Iowa, yes. And also, he was the first transfer from Iowa State to Iowa. Oh, wow. Tommy Norman, he's a, he's a Des Moines native now. Took the route of, uh, well, what we saw with Haluska. Haluska yeah. followed up, yep. Yeah. So and Alex Thompson went the other way yeah, from Iowa to Iowa State. That's right. There's, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen a lot. Well, what happens? Uh, well, it gives us. It's a rare power. occurrence, it and boy, it'd be tough to do if you're an in-state kid to make that <laughs> jump, especially this day and age yeah. with social media. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, if Haluska would have done what he did today, oh boy, that would be <laughs> that would be an interesting read. Uh, looking at his Twitter feed. Hey, a little bit more for you uh, as we're talking with Kevin Lehman here. Kev, uh, wanted to get your thoughts on you and I, and start with their newest commitment. One that isn't a surprise, or is it a surprise? A.J. Green, his dad's assistant coach there, 
top 100 player, certainly the biggest recruit to uh, to be with you and I, at least getting ready to sign on the dotted line. Eagle Cedar was, you know, a top 250 guy. He committed very early, though, in the process. I think committed right after his freshman year. Hadn't played a varsity game. Yeah, yeah, way back in the day. They had Doug McDermott, you know, but even Doug wasn't looked at. He was a top 250 player, but yeah, that was, I was about it. I was wondering, what, and I talked to, this to, to my son about this, that this is probably the t- first top 100 recruit that Northern Iowa signed in basketball. Yeah. And he brought up Doug McDermott because my son Grant lives in Omaha, and he's fouled Creighton. So I don't know where Doug was rated. Of course, he ended up being National Player of the Year. Yeah. But uh, you go back to A.J. Green, this is huge for the Panthers because – we saw Wichita State do that. I mean, they had top-notch guards yes. and high-level recruits, Marcus McDuffie and, and guys like that. So for Northern Iowa to be able to do this, of course, you've got the connection with his dad, Kyle, who sleeps with his mother. <laughs> so it may have a lot to do with the impact there. But this is a guy, it's a little bit like Fred Hoiberg. Sure. He grew up being a ball boy for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So that purple and gold is in his blood. It would have been tough for him to go somewhere else. And, of course, he had offers from the Cyclones. The Gophers, Minnesota, yeah, yeah, and a number in Nebraska, Virginia. I mean, these were some high-profile programs, and probably some others backed off because of the relationship with Dad being on the staff. But right. I think this is huge, and this is a Northern Iowa team. They've struggled from that point guard position last year with uh, Wyatt Lohaus being out with an injury, and of course, Juwan McLeod did not play as well as as uh, suspected or expected to. So this will be huge for them. Although we got to wait for him to finish his senior year yeah, of high school. Yeah, one more year up there at Cedar Falls. But think you about this, team, team him up with uh, Austin Fife, who's going to be a freshman this year. That's another really good player. I hear a lot player. of buzz about him. I, I, I saw him uh, at the state tournament. I don't think it was last year. Maybe it was during, for his junior year. Tell us a little more about him, because I, I've heard a couple of people up at UNI say they're real excited about his future. Well, he's physical right now. And, okay. you know, we talked about this with Taiwan Pickford. Usually Northern Iowa brings in guys and redshirts them. They're on a five-year program. Well, I doubt they're going to red shirt uh, Austin Fife, he is physically ready to play right now. Okay. He's that six seven, six eight, four five man that they like, hi- hybrid guy, because he can shoot the three to stretch you. Mm-hmm. He can score on the block. Uh, probably not a guy who can bounce it more than once or twice and score, but okay. physically and left-handed, and those guys left-handers are always, always difficult to guard. What's up with the lefties from Waverly? Clint Carlson, now Fife. What's going on up there? What are they putting in the water in Waverly? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Well, they're effective. They're always hard to guard. And, of course, I had the opportunity to coach Austin's dad, Steve Fife, oh, yeah. in the late 80s. And he was on that 1990 team that made the first NCAA appearance for the uh, for the Panthers. And, of course, I always tell dad, Steve, that obviously all the talent came from Austin's mother. <laughs> but Steve, you know, Steve could really run. This guy doesn't run as well as Steve does. Steve was about 6'9", and uh, I think Austin probably a little bit shorter than that, but but physically bigger and stronger than dad. But I think this is a really good start for, for Northern Iowa, who struggled last year. I mean, they they're 14-win team last year. It was a first losing season in Coach Jacobson's tenure up there. So this is a good start. And we talked earlier a couple months ago about Taiwan Pickford, yes. the young man they got out of Minnesota. I think people overlooked mm-hmm. because of a knee injury. He's another guy that's physically ready to play in the Valley. Yeah, he's going to be good. McLeod had another good summer. Now, he did that last year before his freshman year. Didn't translate, but he expect McLeod to be better. And and having Wyatt Lowhouse in the backcourt with him, that's got to be such a huge help for him this year. Well, no question. I think part of Juwan McLeod's issues last year was he had to carry the load right away mm-hmm. because of Wyatt Lowhouse's injury. But I'm still wondering about this, Trent. I want you to watch him this season. I'm not so sure Juwan McLeod is a true point guard. Okay, This guy might be a two-guard. I mean, he's got a scores mentality. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe trying to make decisions off the pick and roll. He's not quite ready for that. Now, Lowhouse excels in that area because he understands the pace and the space when you come off that high ball screen or side ball screen. I really think Lowhouse coming back to Northern Iowa this year is going to really help that team. You guys got a chance to be really good, I think. If Bennett Cook is consistent, they need also consistency out of Clint Carlson. There were very up-and-down stretches. But with the MVC, no Wichita. With you and I, who's those top three? Is it Illinois State, Loyola, you and I? Is that kind of... The top three in your mind? Illinois State lost a lot of players. Graduation and uh, uh, McDuffie, or not McDuffie, uh, the big wing player went to Oregon. Yes. Grad transfer, right? Yes. Yeah. Name escapes me right now. Of course, Dante Hawkins, Paris Lee graduated. That covers a little bear. Okay. My team is Missouri State. Ah. Alizé Johnson is back. Alizé What a great name. Yeah, he's already on some. You see him on some yeah. prospective draft. Some uh, draft boards. I mean, he's six nine. He had a number of double doubles. Uh, Ronnie Russo is back, the point guard who left last year for personal reasons, and they're bringing a lot of people back. So I like Missouri State. Loyola's got that backcourt back. Where's Milton? Uh, Doyle's gone, but they got Richardson back and Clayton Custer, the transfer from Iowa State, yep. the big guy in the middle. So I I like Loyola and Valpo might be your sneaky team because okay. they got a good they got good. How they Backward, fit in, yeah. yeah. And they got a guy named Smits. Rick Smits' son. <laughs> no way. Yeah, seven foot four. Didn't <laughs> have high that. numbers, though. It might be no, a project, no. but uh, watch out for Valpo. And then I think Northern Iowa's right in there, too. Should be good. One last thing, Iowa State. Uh, John Rothstein of FanRag Sports picked him 10th. Remember, it's only a 10-team league. I think the Natives would be a little restless up in Ames if uh, they finished 10th this year in the Big 12. Well, Trev, you look at the numbers. You know, Donovan Jackson coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilder Bab, Salomon Young. After that, there's not much experience. So they got a lot of new people they're putting out there. Uh, so Steve Prohm's going to have his work cut out for him. I can see some people picking him in the in the bottom half, yeah. just because of what's coming back. And you know, you never know what those new people. You know, Wigington, he's got to live up to expectations. Yeah. Uh, and he's not a pure point guard himself. Yeah, you know, kind at, of a combo Hill, guard. He he was a combo guard. The, the point guard at Oak Hill is down at Texas, and he they're very excited about him down there. I like Terrence Lewis, the kid from Milwaukee. I think he's going to be good. And then they finally get Cameron Laird. And we've yes. been waiting to see him. He'll be a redshirt freshman. That freshman class is good, but they are freshmen. They are they freshmen in the Big 12. They haven't tough. been to Morgantown, West Virginia right, right. to face Press Virginia <laughs> or to uh, uh, Allen Fieldhouse right. in Lawrence against that with a that little crowd down there. After last yeah, I mean, year. so they have, you know, they can talk a lot about, hey, we're going to run through the Big 12, but they haven't been to those venues. And that's a different world. And that's what being a freshman is. You're learning how to do that. You're learning how to be a college athlete. But uh, when you look at the numbers, I see a lot of people will probably pick them down low just yeah. because of what they're coming back. And, you know, and Coach Prom, they, they missed on a few of those high profile transfers, yep. junior college players that they, they were trying to get. So they've got a lot of question marks with the transfers that they do have. Mm-hmm on how they're going to fit in. And, you know, we talk about Iowa having all those pieces fitting together. Well, this is probably going to be a work in a, a work in progress for Iowa State as he fits these pieces together. I think if Mariel Shayok, the Virginia transfer, who played really well in the Capital City League, him and Michael Jacobson, if those guys were eligible this year, then they'd be fourth, fifth, sixth, right in that range. But without those two guys eligible as they're sitting out this year, I'd certainly put them at least seven on down. I, I wouldn't put him in the top six of the league right now, and that's more than likely where you're going to have to be in an NCAA tournament team. They get to the NIT, have a solid year, have a winning record, kind of like Iowa was last year. 
I think that's a good, solid foundation going forward for Perlman Company. Yeah, I'm with you. If they can get NIT and some postseason play like that, would be good for the Cyclones. But you look at the Big 12, Kansas is going to be, they're already in those preseason top 25s, a top 5 team. Yep. West Virginia is going to be good again. you got to think Texas is going to start making a resurgence somewhere. Yeah. And Lon Kruger at Oklahoma, they won't be down for long. Right. That team will be back those also. Those freshmen really started to play well as the year went on last year, that young group. Uh, TCU, we saw what they did in the NIT. They're going to be. You know, when I called some TCU games last year, I really liked that team and what Jamie Dixon's doing. They, of course, they came in a Carver Hawkeye mm-hmm. and beat Iowa in an NIT game. When that's a team that's really well coached, and he's got some good players coming in yeah. too. He's got a couple Australian kids that they've signed. Uh, they had one sitting out, so look for TCU kind of. This, and that that was always the doormat yes. of the Big Twelve. That was no the one longer that you felt like you could get win. The Horn Frogs are no longer. You can't put a W next yeah. to that one. And that's a nice venue that they play in down there. Well, it's going to be a fun college basketball season. we got football before that, though. Well, it's August, and we're talking hoops. you got me all fired up oh, here, yeah. Trent. That's what we got to do. Good talking with you, Kevin. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, good stuff out of Kevin today. Thanks for joining us uh, here on the program. We'll be back at it tomorrow at noon, your only live and local show over the lunch hour, Jimmy B and TC. Thanks, everybody out there, for listening in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Are you sick of the same old tired lunches, leftovers, bad drive through options? Food Dudes Delivery has your answer. Food Dudes delivers for restaurants that don't offer delivery all across the Des Moines metro. Order online at fooddudesdelivery.com and get out of the lunch rut today with Food Dudes Delivery. Place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. That's fooddudesdelivery.com. Hey, it's Trent Condon here from Jimmy B and TC. If you've been talking and thinking about improving your health, I have an idea for you. Do what I did. Call New Leaf Wellness. My weight had been increasing, my endurance during workouts was waning, and I was just feeling sluggish. New Leaf Wellness put together a program to help me lose weight, improve my energy, and they can do the same for you. Call New Leaf Wellness today at 515-650-1358 to schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. And tell them TC sent you. Your car's in pretty good shape. If it's only six or seven years old, you just commute to work every day and take the occasional road trip. Sometimes you drive around just so your dog can hang his head out the window. Your car doesn't have to be old to accumulate miles. Pennzoil High Mileage is for any vehicle with 75,000 miles or more on it. It's specially formulated to reduce oil consumption and leaks and reduce engine wear. Pennzoil High Mileage, because before you know it, you'll be on the road again. Find Pennzoil at a Walmart near you and make the switch. Ready? Okay. We got paper. Yes, we do. White gold notebooks, pencils, glue. We got erasers just for you. Shaped like ice cream donuts, too. We've lowered prices on school supplies all season long to put some pep in your back-to-school prep. Target's got everything you need to ready, set, go back to school. We've got folders. Yes, we do. Cars, Shopkins, Minions, too. We've got crayons every hue. School supplies for your whole crew. You've got skills, so why not make money with those skills? Can you mow a yard, clean a house, hang a flat-screen TV, haul off some junk? Well, check out Tackle.com. 
That's T-A-K-L dot com. Tackle is an amazing new app that connects people who can perform small jobs and chores with customers who need them done. And the Tackle app is coming to cities all across America soon. Go to Tackle.com to see where Tackle is launching next. Just complete the six easy steps to register, and you can be your own boss, set your own hours, and make great money as a Tackle provider. The Tackle app is revolutionizing the way people get things done. Go to Tackle.com today and sign up. Stop thinking about making money doing what you love and start doing it with Tackle. Sign up to be a Tackle provider now at Tackle.com. Tackle.com. That's T-A-K-L dot com. When you're hiring for a growing business, you don't need lots of candidates. You need the right candidates. You need Indeed.com with an algorithm that positions your job post where quality candidates are and screener questions that help you zero in on the best talent. Indeed.com, the site proven through an independent study to deliver five times more hires than any other. New users claim your $50 credit for a sponsored job at Indeed.com slash credit. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. This is Dennis Miller. Did you know there are five times more hires made through Indeed.com than any other job site, according to independent research? Imagine a lottery that had five times more winners, or a basketball game with five times more dunks. When you're hiring, it makes five times more sense to use Indeed. Indeed is easy to use. You can post a job in minutes. You can even set up automatic screener questions to help you zero in on qualified candidates. And once resumes start rolling in, you can review applicants, take notes, and schedule interviews all from an easy-to-use online dashboard. Right now, Indeed is giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job, which boosts your job in relevant search results. Basically, it helps you find qualified candidates faster. Claim your $50 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash offer. That's Indeed.com slash offer. Try the world's number one job site today. Indeed, terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Are you in the mood for real?